After an illegal alien harassed U.S. Senator Kirsten Sinema yesterday in a women's bathroom at Arizona State University, you might think they would have tightened up her security. But no, another illegal alien, also in no fear whatsoever of facing punishment for the crime that she is presently committing, harassed Senator Sinema on an airplane. I just want to know if um, you can commit, as, as my senator, as you, if you can commit to passing a reconciliation that could provide a pathway to citizenship for immigrants. We have been waiting for this for too long. I just need to know if you can commit to passing a budget reconciliation that would include immigration and citizenship for people to be protected like me and many others. This is deeply offensive, not just to Senator Sinema, to the American people and to our system of government. This foreign woman is making a mockery of our borders and our laws and our democracy and whatever else, uh, whatever other slogans we hear that the left embraces, they don't, they don't seem to enact them. Lots of other things here too. Law enforcement though, the media, the entire liberal establishment. They won't do a thing about it, because in reality, they're all on the same side as the kooky foreigners. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from the gamer Odin, who says, I love that they filmed themselves both admitting to being undocumented, meaning illegal aliens, and illegally filming in a bathroom. Yes, two crimes, and they, they acknowledge, this was the video yesterday when these kooks followed cinema into the bathroom. They do it because they don't have any fear of being held to account. They know they can flout our laws. They can flout even the laws that prevent you from chasing women into the bathroom, and no one's going to stop them. Who's going to stop? Biden's going to stop them? I don't think so. Means you really ought to protect yourself, which is why I would strongly recommend Express VPN. If you are not using a VPN right now, you need to start. Right now, just go ExpressVPN, download it. You get it on your, on your web browser. You get it on your phone. You click a button. It's done. It's really easy, okay? To stop people from seeing the sites that you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the administrator of that network. And that's still true even when you're in incognito mode, okay? You close the blinds, you look out, you say, oh, no one's going to see what I'm looking at, www.dailywire.com. No, they actually will know. Your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data. And in the U.S., they're legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers. ExpressVPN, it's an app that encrypts all of your network data, reroutes it through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays just that private. Super duper easy to use. Stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Michael. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash Michael. Get three extra months for free. expressvpn.com slash Michael to learn more. So this clip is part of a series. I can't 
help but imagine that there's some coordination here. These, the illegal alien in the bathroom and the one on the airplane saying the same sorts of things. You know, my family died and my family is outside of the country because we're foreigners and we're not Americans. Uh, but I couldn't go visit them because then it would be hard to sneak back into this country illegally. And so you need to just give me citizenship after I broke your laws so that I can go visit my relatives in other countries and then come back here whenever I want. And, and this woman <laughs> refers to herself as DACA. DACA. You know, DACA is the, the dreamers and, and the, the entire idea of the dreamers is that they're just little kids. It's not their fault. They're just little kids. And what are you going to do? You're going to deport a six-year-old? That woman doesn't look like a six-year-old to me. How, how long do we have to keep calling them dreamers like they're 10 years old? Do, uh, when they have grandchildren, can we stop calling them? I think some of them do have grandchildren, actually. But there's, they're the dreamers. They're the special dreamers, and that's why we've got to reward them for breaking our laws, and we have to reward them for chasing female senators into the bathroom, and we have to reward them for making a nuisance of themselves on airplanes, and we have to reward them for making a mockery of our system of laws and our borders and our country because they're the special dreamers, and everyone else, they're not allowed to have dreams. That's the idea. It is very, very offensive and very, very wrong and very, very unjust and not particularly compassionate that these people aren't being deported. Okay. Now we, now we have, uh, by the way, I don't know if you weren't watching that clip, this, this lunatic woman is filming down Kirsten Cinema's blouse, another invasion of privacy. So that's what we're going to do because of the special dreamers and the special compassion that they deserve. We're going to let lunatics break multiple laws and film down senators' blouses. That's a good idea, right? Hey, Joe Biden, what are you going to do about this? Well, Joe Biden was asked that question by a reporter and he shrugged it off. He said, eh, happens to everyone. Mr. President, just watch, Mr. President, uh, you're talking about how you have 48 Democratic votes right now. The other two uh, have been pressured over the weekend by activists. Joe Manchin had people on kayaks show up to his boat yell at him. Senator Sinema last night was chased into a restroom. Do you think that those tactics are crossing a line? I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. From the, <laughs> the only people it doesn't happen to are people who have Secret Service standing around them. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's part of the process. It's a part of the process. So what, what Biden is trying to do here is he's trying to say, look, public figures get hate mail. Public figures sometimes get accosted in public. That's just the way that it goes. Okay. It's no big deal. He's right about that. It's true. If you are in any way a public figure, you will, at least on occasion, be accosted by letter, by email, or, or in person. Usually, though, you're not accosted in a bathroom. You're not followed into a bathroom. And I guess now, usually, it does involve foreign nationals, but it shouldn't. This is a very simple problem to fix. Deport these criminals. Deport these people who should not be here. Just enforce the laws that have been on our books for decades and decades and decades. Just do that, and then the senator won't get harassed in the bathroom. If you, Joe Biden, just did the very, very bare minimum of your job, she would not be getting harassed by these people in the bathroom and on airplanes. But Joe Biden's not doing it. Is it just because he's incompetent? No, he is incompetent, but it's not just because he's incompetent. He's shrugging this off because he is on the same side. 
I actually don't mean to scapegoat the illegal aliens. They shouldn't be here and they should leave. But the illegal aliens are actually a pawn being used by the Democratic Party to try to achieve a permanent electoral majority and to undermine the most basic laws of the country and to overturn the American culture and upend it. That, that is what they're being used for. That's why th- these people are being permitted in and being told that they need to be put on a pathway of citizenship. This routine that we're seeing here is a good cop, bad cop routine, okay? The foreign nationals in the bathroom and on the airplane, they're the bad cop. Joe Biden, he's the good cop. Look, look, it just happens to everybody. (laughs) Happens to everybody, Joe. Come on. Come on, Jack, listen up. Being serious here. Just vote for the bill. (laughs) Come on, you don't want this to keep happening to you? (laughs) Sure, it would be a shame if people kept coming into the bathroom. Filming you down your blouse, Kirsten Sinema, wouldn't it be a shame? <laughs> Vote for the bill. That's, that's the implication here. It's a good cop, bad cop routine. You're seeing it played out not just between Biden and these people in the bathroom, but with the media, with big technology, with the, the universities, with the schools. Don't forget the first incident in the bathroom took place at ASU. This is a taxpayer-funded public university. Why are foreign nationals even permitted on campus? Why? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, because they're sort of American. They're undocumented Americans. They're not. They are undocumented foreigners. They're undocumented citizens of other countries. If I just traipsed into Guatemala and I went to Guatemala U, I would probably be arrested. Almost certainly I would be arrested. But the other way does not quite work. The woman who did this yesterday, Sofia Mar- Marianovich, just writes out, I will, I will speak about the controversy regarding following Senator Sinema into the bathroom when I have the time. None of you have a right to tone police my desperate demands for labor protections after what I've endured, blah, 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 blah. None of you have the right to tone police me, she says, because we're saying, you know, hey, e- even people on the left, by the way, are saying, oh, maybe you shouldn't It's not good to follow the women into the bathroom. None of you have the right to tone police. Not only do we have the right to tone police you, we have the right to police you. (laughs) We have the right to arrest you and kick you out of the country because you don't belong here. And this isn't your country. And the American citizens, I think, still have some right to decide who gets to come in and use their government services and interfere in their elections as you admitted that you did. Don't we have that right? Isn't that the basic, the basic building block of our democracy as the left loves to describe it? I thought so. Maybe not. We certainly do have that right. But I don't know if you you know this. The immigrants have no problems. There are no problems with them whatsoever. Illegal aliens, they don't commit any crime. They don't take any government benefits. They don't even spread COVID. This according to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fauci, a new Kaiser Family Foundation poll asked Americans this week what they thought the major reasons for high coronavirus spread are. And the top reason that Republicans gave in this poll was immigrants and tourists bringing COVID-19 into the U.S. Are immigrants a major reason why COVID-19 is spreading in the U.S.? No, absolutely not, Dan. I mean, if you just look at the data and look at the people who've gotten infected, look at the people who are in the hospital, look at the people who've died, this is not driven by immigrants. This is the problem within our country the same way it's a problem with other countries throughout the world. 
Just look at the data, Dana. I can't look at the data because the people that we're talking about, by definition, don't have any papers. They don't have any documents. We're, we're not processing them. They're illegal aliens. So you're telling me that the triple-vaxxed suburban mom in, in the middle of the country who wears 15 masks on her face, she very likely will spread COVID to everyone, and that's why she has to lock down and can't go to Christmas. But the illegal alien crossing the border through very dangerous, filthy circumstances, who doesn't have any evidence of a vaccine, doesn't wear a mask, doesn't do any of that, that guy can't spread COVID. That, according to Dr. Anthony Fauci, just look at the data. You know, some people still don't know what time it is in this country. They're still using all these old, outdated talking points. They don't know what time it is. When you want to know what time it is, I would recommend you go check out Movement. I love a nice timepiece, okay? I have worn watches and been fascinated by watches since I was eight years old. And I am so honored that one of the first advertisers we ever had on this show was Movement. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company with fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs. And Movement grew into one of the fastest growing watch brands in the world, shipping to over 160 countries around the globe. Now, Movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from screens. I never look at screens now without filtering out that harmful blue light. It's really, really taxing on your eyes. They've got minimalist jewelry. They've got more style essentials that will not break the bank, all designed out of their California headquarters. The Movement watches have the look and quality of a, a watch you pay $400, $500 for at the department store, but costs a fraction of that price because they are controlling it start to finish. They will cut out the middleman. If you want to elevate your look with style that doesn't break the bank, join the movement. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns at mvmt.com slash Knowles, mvmt.com slash Knowles. Dr. Fauci was asked about an, an obvious contradiction within the liberal establishment, which is you're telling us that we need to lock down. We shouldn't really go out. If we do go out, if we go to schools, if we go to work, we should wear a mask. We should use a lot of Purell. We should have a, not just a double vaccine, but a triple vaccine. And you're not fully vaccinated until you do that. And you, you might even have to cancel Christmas. It's too early to tell if we can go to Christmas. Uh, meanwhile, we have historic record numbers of completely undocumented foreigners pouring across our southern border. No evidence that they've had a vaccine, no evidence that they wear masks, no evidence that they're not sick. They just pour across. And Fauci was asked, doesn't that seem a little weird? He says, no, don't worry. Excuse me. <clears throat> no, do not worry. The immigrants do not spread COVID. Only you dirty, filthy Americans. Only you American citizens, you spread it. So you need to give me all your rights and your way of life. But all those foreigners, they're, they're cool. They're clean. Come on in, guys. Come on. Hey, Andale, Andale. Right? That's basically what Fauci is saying. This would seem to be, as is often the case with Dr. Fauci, a political calculation, not a scientific calculation. He's been doing this since day one when he said, don't, don't wear the masks. The masks don't work. Oh, actually, you should wear the masks. And I only told you not to wear the masks because I always thought they would work, but I was afraid that you, you peasants would buy them all up and the healthcare workers couldn't get any. But now you have to wear them, right? Dr. Fauci, who changes his decisions based on politics rather than on science. Well, Dr. Fauci just flip-flopped again on Christmas. You remember, we played the clip yesterday. Dr. Fauci said it's too early to know whether or not you can celebrate Christmas with your family this year. So 
he got a lot of pushback for this. He goes back on CNN and he says, this is outrageous. I'm being misinterpreted. I never said that you can't celebrate Christmas. You know, I also said something over the weekend that was taken completely out of context. I was asked, what could we predict for this winter for like December and Christmas? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I say you hold off on that. I said, we don't know because we've seen slopes that went down and then came back up. The best way to assure that we'll be in good shape as we get into the winter would be to get more and more people vaccinated. That was misinterpreted as my saying, we can't spend Christmas with our families, which was absolutely not the case. I will be spending Christmas with my family. I encourage people, particularly the vaccinated people who are protected, to have a good, normal Christmas with your family. But just the way all of the other disinformation goes around, you say something talking about a landmark of a time, and it gets misinterpreted that I'm saying you can't spend family Christmas time, which is nonsense. You can't. It's all that, all that disinformation that goes around. Seemingly every time Anthony Fauci opens his mouth, do you notice he contradicted himself in that clip? Just within that clip. He said, I was totally misinterpreted. People, people were saying that I said that it's too early to, to know if you can have Christmas. And look, I'm saying, of course, it's too early. We shouldn't be talking about this. We can't know. And that's why I'm definitely going to have Christmas with my family. So which is it? Is it too early to know and you can't make a decision yet? Or will you definitely be having Christmas with your family? Well, I'm sure you will be having Christmas with your family. But will you let the rest of us peasants or the rest of us proles have Christmas? I, I don't know. What, what is it? Doctor, I'm being misinterpreted. You people, it was completely taken out of context. All right, what's the context? Here's the clip. We played it yesterday. It's still pretty fresh in my mind. What did Dr. Fauci say just days ago? Asked the question, can we have Christmas this year? We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell? You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've okay. just got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Are we allowed to have Christmas? There are three possible answers here. Yes, no, or maybe. Maybe, meaning it's, it's too soon to tell. What does Dr. Fauci say? It's just too soon to tell, which means maybe we can have Christmas. Maybe we can't have Christmas. Maybe we're going to cancel Christmas. Don't forget last year, Dr. Fauci told everyone, I got the clip for that one too. Dr. Fauci told everyone last year, 2020, sorry, you really should not be celebrating Christmas. My advice would be something that I think is going to sadden people because everyone wants the family warmth and get together that is so characteristic of the Christmas season. But my recommendation would be to curtail traveling as much as you possibly can visiting people, even though it's such an important part of the Christmas spirit, keep the gatherings, the dinners and the indoor gatherings to as few people as possible, preferably for people that are an integral part of the household and avoid the kind of congregate settings that have been so characteristic. We're saying to the best of your possibility, don't do that. I know that's tough, but I believe that's the only way we're going to prevent an even greater surge than we're already seeing. It's, it's a cancel Christmas message, in effect, or postpone it. Yeah, in, in some respects it is, unfortunately. How much clearer does Fauci need to say it? Because <laughs> the, the interviewer actually does question. He says, so you're saying we're going to cancel Christmas? Yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> so now Dr. Fauci, as always, has held every position on the issue. 
certainly since last year, yes, cancel Christmas. No, don't cancel Christmas. Maybe you need to cancel Christmas. He's held two of the three positions just in the last statement that he gave. What changed? What cha- did the science change between a couple of days ago and today, or between the end of Dr. Fauci's answer, most recent answer, and the beginning of it? Did the science change? No. The, the politics changed. The people reacted to him, and he realized that he wasn't going to be able to get away with this one, so he had to loosen up. He insinuated that we very likely, very possibly might have to cancel Christmas, and then when people pushed back, he said, no, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? What's so frustrating here is not his incompetence, though obviously he's to some degree incompetent at science. At politics, he's pretty adept. Uh, It's it's not even his power hunger. It's not even his narcissism, his self-adulation. It's the gaslighting. I didn't say that. What are you talking about? I I have got the clip. I just... Save this clip. I'm sure they're going to take it down from YouTube at some point. Save this clip. You can see all of the different positions the man has held. I think people are getting a little sick of Fauci. I think we've got Fauci fatigue. I've had Fauci fatigue since day one. Did you hear that little line he put in there? He said, look, just it always gets misinterpreted when you give people a date of when things are going to go back to normal. Then it gets misinterpreted. Oh, you mean like 15 days to slow the spread? You jerk. What was that? 590 days ago? Oh, it was a little, I was a little off. Okay. 15 days, 590 days. A thousand days. I was a little off, okay? Come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. You jerk. You freaking jerk. I try not to, <laughs> I try not to get emotional, but this guy makes my blood boil. And the worst part of it is, as a cultural commentator here at The Daily Wire, I, I am very soon going to have to sit through a hagiography of Dr. Fauci. This coming out from Disney+. Plus. The, the Dr. Fauci documentary of this living saint who, who seems to glide across the earth with the lightest and most angelic touch of any bureaucrat in the government. When I think about my dad growing up, I certainly think about that seriousness. But very few people get to see. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny, weird, and really playful. God help us. In 1981, HIV-AIDS was evolving rapidly and frighteningly. There was anger at the government's response. When you got sick, you were gone fast. It's affecting you now. Yeah. Why? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. When COVID hit, he became this target. My dad said, we're going to get through this whole thing. And he's held back. You don't do it because you want to make money. You don't do it for the glory. You do it because you care. When you're involved in a race to stop a horrible disease, you always feel you're not doing things quickly enough. It's not that Dr. Fauci has not been doing things quickly enough. It's that he's been doing the wrong things. That's the problem. He does things pretty quickly. He takes power very quickly. He's been doing it since the 80s. But he, he... just does the wrong things. They're trying to make him out to be the hero of AIDS. Dr. Fauci completely botched AIDS. We've we've got to put out, maybe we'll put out some series or something on that. We've got to to put out some information. He blew, Dr. Fauci is, I'm not going to say he's the villain of AIDS, but he is he is one of the people who really, really blew it. And he blew it in a similar way to the way that he blew COVID-19. Okay. 
post-traumatic, yeah, you probably do have post-traumatic stress syndrome because you blew it, buddy. And, and yet because he, he might not be the most scientifically or medically adept, but he is extremely politically adept, which is how he's stuck around so long. If you want to protect yourself, your data, your identity, I would strongly recommend you check out LifeLock. Have you ever received a call, text, or email from someone posing as an IRS agent, a police officer, or the power company demanding payment by a gift card? I've had these sorts of things happen to my relatives. If you have, you're probably being targeted for a gift card scam. These fraudsters trick victims into sending online gift cards or reading the numbers from a gift card over the phone. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect that your information has potentially been compromised, they will send you an alert. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is LifeLock.com slash Knowles for 25% off. Protect yourself, protect your identity, protect your data today. LifeLock.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S for 25% off. Also, you got to check out Ben's show today about how Joe Biden doesn't give two hecks about norms, standards and norms. He doesn't. He doesn't give a darn, if you ask me. Plus, you got to check out Morning Wire. Subscribe and listen to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. We'll be right back with a lot more. All the world is a stage. And our government, whether you're talking about the public health bureaucracy, whether you're talking about law enforcement, is uh, a particular sort of proscenium. <laughs> it's, a, it's a particular kind of stage with a whole big show that, that doesn't always relate to reality, right? The, the way that, I mean, we've seen it probably in the last year and a half most closely with the public health bureaucracy. But you're seeing it play out elsewhere too. This charade of the government, the, the idea that the reality of government, the appearance of government are kind of different. Even the way the government works, right? We're told in Schoolhouse Rock, I'm a bill up on Capitol Hill, three branches of government, separation of powers, checks and balances, and that's just kind of bunk. That's not real, right? The, actually, the way the government works is that the president passes an executive order onto OSHA, and then the Occupational Safety and Health Administration twists the arm of companies with more than 100 employees, and that will work its way through the courts, but not before the mandate goes through, right? I mean, it's, it's a much more Byzantine system than we like to pretend that it is. And they very often don't believe the things that they want the rest of us to believe. So there was a, a press briefing yesterday at the Department of Justice Right? And there was a camera that was looking just off stage right. Okay, so you're, you're looking at the screen and to the left of the screen, you see some DOJ flag and he doesn't have a mask on because normal people don't wear their masks in basically any setting where they're not compelled to. So then the guy's about to go on stage. What does he do? He puts the mask on. So he stand, and then he immediately takes the mask off because he got to the podium. So this is a guy who has not worn a mask almost certainly all day long. He's standing in the wings of the stage and he's just standing there. Do to do. He's holding his mask and he's like, okay, well, time to go on, time to go on stage. So he puts the mask on two seconds later, takes it off, but he's got to give the appearance that he's been wearing his mask 
all day long. And why does he have to do that? Not because he thinks that the masks matter. Obviously, he doesn't think the masks do anything at all. He doesn't wear them. But he wants you to do so. He wants to give you the impression that he is behaving differently, the government is behaving differently, and you should behave differently than the reality would suggest. And this is just to show you a little hint of the deception at the DOJ. The real story is this. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, who we were all hoping would be moderate, probably compared to the other picks, he is relatively moderate. It just shows you how far the Democratic Party has moved to the left. Merrick Garland is instructing the FBI to consider parents who oppose critical race theory to be domestic terrorists. So you, do you have kids out there? You listeners, I, something tells me if you're listening to this show, you probably don't think all that favorably of critical race theory. You probably don't support it being taught in schools. Well, you, in the eyes of Merrick Garland's Department of Justice, are a domestic terrorist. Right. The, the order that comes out, let's see, do I have a copy of the order? Yes, I do. Memorandum from the Attorney General. In recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. The vital work that we shut down for a year over a cough. While spirited, a cough that didn't propose any particular threat to children. While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Yeah, so now it's all about these threats. Really, it's called, it's the Matt Walsh memo, right? This is don't show up to the school districts and tell them what you want. This is a threat and it's domestic terror and we got to stop it. Something tells me Merrick Garland would not have sent out such a memo over the BLM riots. BLM, which was actually not just threatening people, but actually killing people and stealing their property and burning down their homes and businesses and attacking federal courthouses. You probably wouldn't, but, but you, suburban mom who doesn't want your kid being fed this racial and sexual poison in the schools, that all white people are evil and that America's an evil place and that boys can be girls and that boys should mutilate themselves if they feel like girls when they're four years old or something. If, if you oppose that, you're, you're the terrorist you're the threat. It's such a, it's such a charade. It's such a farce. I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked that the Department of Justice had time to craft this memo when, uh, when they're usually just so busy trying to entrap radical right-wingers at, at honeypot picnics. Do you remember that? Do you remember the Justice for January 6th rally? And who showed up to the Justice for January 6th? It was the press and it was more press, and it was un undercover FBI agents who, who were sticking out. They were glowing in the dark as could be. It was like a sore thumb. That's what it is. We talked about this yesterday because there was a, a Ku Klux Klan hoax. It turned out to be a 30-year-old black woman. woman was pretending to be a Klansman and threatening her neighbors. And, and I pointed out to you that the membership of the Ku Klux Klan in the United States is about 50% hoax artists like the 30-year-old black woman and 50% federal law enforcement officials <laughs> and like one guy and Jimbo in the mountains somewhere. There's all, he didn't get the memo that the Ku Klux Klan hasn't been a thing for decades, but that's it. It's all just a, a farce. It's not real. The, the show that you're seeing before you playing out at the level of the federal government is not particularly real. 
All right, what, what you're really seeing here is the weaponization of the arms of the government and also of a fictional narrative to stomp out any kind of dissent. If you oppose flooding the country with illegal aliens who harass senators in bathrooms, if you oppose, I don't know, shipping manufacturing jobs overseas, if you oppose getting rid of election integrity measures, if you oppose the separation of powers, if you oppose the slaughter of a million babies a year, why, you're a domestic terrorist. And you need to be stomped at. And if you oppose critical race theory and radical gender theory and teaching your little boy that he should, should mutilate his genitalia to become a little girl, because that's totally possible, then you're a domestic terrorist. And you do not have the right to dissent. We support vigorous debate unless you disagree with us. And then, then they try to stomp you out. Speaking of radicalism, specifically on the sexual front, Playboy has a new cover guess they have a new cover every single issue. Playboy, you know, when I was younger, I would read it for the articles. You'd always read it for the articles, but I, I have not seen a Playboy and I don't know, since I was a teenager or something. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it was really still around. It seems like so dated now in the era of the internet and the era of pretty soon we're gonna have like hologram porn stars walking around our society. So Playboy seems a little outdated. They're trying to get, I think, a little more excitement and a little more publicity. And so what have they done? They've put a man on the cover of their magazine. They've got this guy. I think he's a Filipino guy. He's like a social influencer. I don't, I don't know his name, I'm happy to say. There's now a man dressed up as a woman in a skimpy little bunny outfit on the cover of Playboy. A lot of people are looking at this and saying, this is crazy oh my gosh, it's the inversion of Playboy. The whole point of Playboy is you have hot naked women and then men pretend to read it for the articles, but they're just looking at the women. And now you've got dudes on there. That doesn't make any sense, does it? I actually think the people who are criticizing this decision are missing the point. I think it makes perfect sense. I think it is intrinsic in the logic of Playboy and the Playboy philosophy that eventually you'd get some dude in a skimpy outfit dressing up like a woman on the cover of the magazine. There's a great episode of Firing Line, William F. Buckley Jr.'s old show, where it's him and Hugh Hefner, at, in, back in the early days of Playboy, debating the Playboy philosophy. Okay, and it's really worth watching because you see these two guys, and you you really see two different ways of life. You've got Buckley, who's kind of urbane and laughing, and you know, ha- educated and restrained, and you've got Hugh Hefner, who looks nervous and he's jittery and he's, he just looks kind of creepy and he sounds kind of creepy and he's obviously not even close to as intelligent or educated. And they're debating the Playboy philosophy. What's the Playboy philosophy? Give yourself bodily pleasure. That's the philosophy. Give yourself bodily pleasure. So if, if the world, every consideration that we have to make about how we behave in the world only runs skin deep, if it only comes down to the flesh, then why would you not have a man who looks kind of like a girl on the cover of your magazine that's for girls? If there's no difference, if it's just meat, right? If it's all, if it's just flesh, if it's just body, then if a guy looks kind of like a girl, why, why would you not have him on? There's no spiritual difference. There's no metaphysical difference. It's just physical. So why, yeah, he looks like a little bit of a weird girl. He doesn't look like a total normal girl, not like a busty, buxom playboy bunny, but he, look, he, does, he doesn't look all that masculine either. He looks kind of effeminate. So sure, why not put him on? 
Why not? What's the difference? If you take a view of sex that is more traditional, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, uh, pagan for that matter, I guess, uh, you know, if you, if you take a view of sex that is not purely materialist, then you might say, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the guy undergoes surgery and looks exactly like a woman, you still shouldn't put him on the cover of Playboy. But if you're, if you're a materialist, as the Playboy philosophy would have you be, makes perfect sense. Go enjoy your, go enjoy your dude on the cover of Playboy, materialists. Speaking of the Playboy lifestyle, outside of the realm of sex, into the halls of Congress, Congressman AOC is calling for a four-day work week. So this is in response to a tweet from a guy who coincidentally is actually a pal of mine from college, <laughs> but he, he was just, he tweeted out, he said, uh, we need a three-day weekend, one for errands, one for social activities, one for staying in bed like we've got some Victorian wasting disease. <laughs> so it's kind of just, a, I think he was just making a joke on Twitter. It's just a sort of funny tweet of, you know, look, we get so busy on the weekends. There's not enough time to do everything. Why do we have to work so much? Ha ha ha. AOC retweets this and says, four-day work week, baby. Rep Mark Takano has got a bill for that. So she's taking this joke, and she's taking it further, and saying, uh, no, we actually need to make this a law. You, you should only work four days a week. Now, this would seem a bad idea to me. I know I, this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't think we should have a four-day work week. I think people are meant to work. And I think the theory is that when you have a lot of time off, when you have a lot of leisure time, then you're going to pursue all of these interests that you have. You know, this was the argument for Obamacare. When you don't need to work anymore to have, say, health insurance or some kind of basic uh, ability to live, you're going to become a poet. You're going to become a painter. You're, oh, you're going to write the next great American novel, aren't you? And Actually, almost certainly you will not. You, <laughs> but that's not what happens, actually. Because it turns out it's hard to paint, and it's hard to write poetry, and it's hard to write a novel, and you need to work at it relentlessly. And it's not just a sort of thing you do, oh, it's a Saturday afternoon. I think I'm going to go write a novel. Yes, that's what I'm going to No, that's just not how it works. We are made to work. Okay, now that does not mean that you need to slave away all your life at the widget factory or, you know, at, at the retail shop or whatever. There are other ways to do things. But, you, you know, some of your free time should then be spent with your family doing things, not just like loafing around on the couch, but actually doing things with your family. Some of that time should be spent fixing up the house. Some of that time should be spent cultivating interests and hobbies and activities. Not writing the next great American novel, maybe, but reading a little bit being productive. And then what's entirely left out of this discussion is reading all the comments. Uh, first, my friend's joke, then AOC's broader, you know, legislative take on this. And then all the people saying, here's what we need to do on the weekends. What's left out of this is honoring God, ha keeping holy the Sabbath day, having one day of the week to think about eternal things, which was the, uh, taken for granted in virtually every society. <laughs> for virtually all of the entire history of the world until very recently where we've totally forgotten about that. And, and the argument for getting rid of the Sabbath day was, oh, this is going to, this is way better. I'll get to relax more. I'll get to be more at peace. I'll get to be more at leisure. And in fact, what has happened is the opposite, right? We, we loaf around when, when you've got a couple days off, you just loaf around and you don't 
really doing it. You don't feel good. You don't feel energized. You've, you are meant to be doing things. Idle hands are the devil's playground. Thought, slothful people are the brothers of destroyers, so says Proverbs. And I'm not surprised that AOC would, would edit, promote idleness and sloth and laziness. Makes perfect sense to me. Speaking of inactivity, though, speaking of people who are going to have a lot of very long weekends coming up, there is earth-shattering news in Washington that is not getting a ton of play. Namely, the head of the National Institutes of Health is stepping down. This is not Dr. Fauci. He's the head of NIAID. This is one of the institutes at the NIH. But the head of the NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, longest serving head of the NIH, he's stepping down, according to reports from Politico. Why is this? At the time when the NIH is most under scrutiny for their involvement in the coronavirus epidemic and then the lockdowns as a result of it, why is the head of NIH stepping down now? Politico reporting that Dr. Francis Collins, at the head of the NIH, longest serving director ever, will step down after 12 years. It's not clear exactly why. Could be personal reasons. Could be that he's just been there long enough. He wants to step down. He's tired. Could be health reasons. We don't know. I'm not, not going to speculate. Could be that it's just time. You know, it's just time. It's been, been long enough. However, it might be political because there is a scandal here. Okay. And it's been covered up by the press and you only hear it occasionally if Rand Paul is grilling Dr. Fauci or somebody before, before the Senate. But the NIH was involved in funding gain-of-function research, the same sort of research that almost certainly caused the outbreak of the coronavirus. The NIH was involved in funding the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where the virus almost certainly escaped from. The NIH lied about their involvement in gain-of-function research and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And Dr. Fauci perjured himself, certainly in the mind of Rand Paul, perjured himself on this very question. But you can't fire Dr. Fauci because Dr. Fauci is the indispensable man. He just said the other day to Hugh Hewitt, there is no circumstance in which I will resign. There is none, absolutely none. Joe Biden was asked, would you fire Anthony Fauci at all for any reason? No, he would not. And so there is a world in which Francis Collins, head of NIH, is taking the fall here. I don't care. I don't care about Francis Collins. I barely even care about Dr. Fauci. And the less I think about Dr. F Fauci, the better my blood pressure is. But do not lose sight of the scandal. The scandal here is very important. It reminds us that the geniuses who presume to run our lives better than we can run them ourselves are actually idiots a lot of the time. And they don't run our lives all that well. And they're trying to cover this thing up. And they think, oh, maybe, you know, if we switch up some people, take some heat off this issue, maybe it'll go away. Do not let it go away. This is the issue. Keep it up. Speaking of scandal and the job search, Matthew Dowd is the former chief strategist on the Bush-Cheney 04 campaign. He was a Republican, but he's like a Bushy Republican, so he's not particularly conservative. Now he's a Democrat, like so many of them are like so many former Bush officials and Bush supporters. He is a Democrat and he's running for Lieutenant Governor of Texas as a Democrat. And 
he very recently just deleted all of his tweets. He just deleted all hundreds of thousands of tweets. He just deleted all of them. And CNN, to its credit, brought him on the show on, on CNN New Day and said, hey, what are you hiding? Matthew, uh, you're well aware you're being attacked by Republicans and Fox for deleting thousands of tweets. H- how many tweets did you delete? <laughs> I don't know. I think what I did was, and this was long before, this is funny about Fox, who looks for anything to sort of come up with some conspiracy theory, as they do. Uh, earlier in the summer, I thought I have 270, 260,000 tweets that have just been accumulated. I just decided to go through and delete all of my old tweets, whatever it happened to be. So there's there's no conspiracy thing but here. Why? It's just cleaning up my files long before I even thought about running uh, in this race. But again, it's a typical Fox thing to, to, to turn to some conspiracy, thinking it has more meaning than it actually does. Why did you do it then? I, I just said, Brianna, I did it because I just wanted to clean up all of my files and get rid of all of the stuff that accumulated over time. Oh, no, I, There's no Matt, reason, I, as you I know. I understand that, and, but this isn't like emptying your email inbox, to be clear. I love her. Good job on her. This, you're really asking the right questions here, lady. And you'll notice this clip goes on for at least another minute, if not another two minutes. And he just keeps repeating the same thing. I was, <laughs> it's just funny. I was, Fox News, conspiracy theory, <laughs> cleaning up my inbox, <laughs> conspiracy, Fox Ha ha, ha ha, inbox cleaning up. And she points out, no, deleting your tweets, it's not like cleaning out your email inbox. You have to clean out your email inbox every so often because you only get a certain amount of storage. And so then it fills up and then you can't get new emails. So you go in and you delete your emails and then you can receive more emails. With Twitter, you can tweet as much as you want. It's fine. You're not storing files on your computer or in your personal Twitter account. Moreover, when you delete your emails on your email client, it's very easy. You click a button, you, cl- you click at most, what, three buttons, and then you can delete all your emails. And it's easy and it just happens. With Twitter, you've got to go through all those tweets and it's actually time intensive. Certainly what he did was hire a campaign person to go through and scrub all of his old tweets. And, and so he, he thought about this. He planned it out. There is a reason why. And we all know the reason why, because he's said things that are going to get him in trouble. And I have some sympathy. He's such a little weasel that I, I, I don't have a ton of sympathy because he should just come out and say, oh, because we live in a cancel culture and anything I said 15 years ago is going to be used to shoot down my campaign. So I don't want to give my opponents ammunition. Whether you agree with that or not, whether you agree with that tactic or not, at least it would be honest. That's what he was doing. And, and I get it. We now, previously, if you ran for lieutenant governor 20 years ago, People would comb through newspapers and find things that you had said. Now they can just look through 200,000 tweets and inevitably something you tweet will be off color or taken out of context or you won't even agree with it anymore. So yeah, you want to delete it. You don't want to give them, you don't want to give your opponents the ammunition. Although now that he's called attention to it, people are probably going to go back because there are records of these things online. But so the weaseliness I don't like, but there is something here which is even bigger beyond this schlub and beyond CNN. You are damned if you do, and you are damned if you don't in this culture. One, because of the growth of surveillance technology. There is a record of everything we've ever done or said or practically even thought. In some cases, literally things that we've thought because these algorithms actually can predict your behavior and impel certain behavior. But but beyond that, you live in a culture now where there's no grace. There's no forgiveness. So you can... 
in the olden days, you could, you could say, oh yeah, I tweeted something 10 years ago, but I don't agree with it anymore. Yeah, it was, I was a little hot at the time. That's okay. You know, sorry, move on. It's not a big deal. Okay. I forgive you. All right, we're good. But we don't live in that culture. We live in this particular cancel culture where there is no grace because there's not a lot of shared trust because there's not a shared vision of America because we don't even have borders. We don't even have a common language anymore. And so in that kind of a culture where there's very, very little national cohesion, you are going to have to live in a world in which you are deceiving, uh, well, not where you have to, but where th- this will typify the culture, where you're deceiving, where you are gaslighting, where you're pulling a Fauci, where you're deleting things, where you're hiding things, where you're covering up, where you are telling people don't believe your own lying eyes and your lying ears. How long can a culture persist in that unstable way and still remain a nation? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, Joe Biden makes excuses for protesters following a Democratic senator into a bathroom while the media prepare a full frontal assault on Facebook in order to suppress conservative information. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Listen. 